I know what you're thinking, folks. Another new podcast during the COVID-19 quarantine. And you're wrong. This is just a revamp podcast. So we were in the game a long time ago and just got lazy and took two years off. I mean, people take two years off all the time. So we figured we got takes, we got opinions, and we got picks. And we got to give the people what they want. And we figured the best time to make this return is during this COVID-19 quarantine. So, with that being said, Talking the Law, Episode 4. Welcome everyone, Doc and the Law Podcast, Episode 1. Joining me again from Greenville, South Carolina, Corey Smith. Corey, how we doing, my man? Bro, uh, we're hanging in there. We're doing the best we can. Uh, we have no live sports, except for UFC's coming up this weekend. Stoked about that. Thank goodness. But uh, we're hanging in there. We had a little rebranding. Took a little hiatus, have a little rebranding, coming back as Doc in the Law. I'm excited to get back into it, dude. I told, uh, I told the audience in the opening, I was like, you know what? All, you see all these podcasts coming out during this quarantine. You're like, oh, my God, another podcast. But joke's on them because we had a podcast, and we just got lazy and decided, you know what? Uh, we didn't want to do it for a while, but you know what? We got takes. We got opinions. This quarantine's brought out the worst and the best of us, so we're ready to get back at it. You know, it really is true. I think the uh, one thing I really have loved watching during the quarantine is uh, the initial two or three weeks of uh, sports Twitter and sports podcasts turning into we're all in this together. And then all it took was Earl Thomas's uh, wife putting a gun <laughs> to his head and boom, baby, we're right back in it. Everybody's at each other on Twitter. Everybody's at each other on Twitter. We're right back to it. And by the way, did you hear the story about this uh, soccer player in the Bundesliga? who was from the Congo, he apparently went missing four years ago. His wife declared him dead, and now all of a sudden he turns up working in a factory in Germany, and the Bundesliga <laughs> takes a break, and he's trying to make a comeback. And it literally is him, but he can't convince anybody he's who he says he is. The guy's been dead for four years. I mean, it's a crazy time out there. It's a crazy comeback, time. Comeback season is in full effect. It's comeback season for everybody here starting in a few months, so it should be exciting to see who comes out of the woodwork. And emerges as like one of those people. Hey, German soccer players. Yeah, German soccer. I mean, it's German good. soccer players docking the law. It's comeback hey, season, baby. Exactly. Uh, Bundesliga is supposed to start up next Saturday, so that should be exciting. Exciting because uh, we love Dortmund, um, our 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 friends across the pond in the Bundesliga, and so I mean they're going to play in front of nobody. But hey, it's again, it's live sports, and it's. I know you've gotten big into the ponies, and now you can jump on any any gambling site, and you can bet table tennis, and you can bet this esports. And now we're just so jacked up about so anything coming back. Um, it should be it's, it's a time uh, we'll cherish forever. So let's just let's just back up for a second, Tom. Let's just revisit what's the lowest point that you've been sports gambling wise during the quarantine? Because I have a really <laughs> I can give you a very clear point when I said this is the lowest I have been uh, betting sports during the quarantine. 
Daddy, do you have one, or have you just totally been on hiatus? I, I've I tried. I hopped on horse racing with you for a bit. I couldn't grasp it because I lost thirty bucks in about a minute, and I was like, "Man, this really sucks." I know it's just thirty dollars, but that that was a tough one, <laughs> tough one to swallow. And then I looked at about the same time, uh, Barstool Bets came out with their like top ten bad beats of college football season, and I think. We, as a, as a group, were a part of nine of ten of those, and I was like, eh, it's probably best if I take a break from this for a minute and just, just re- regather my thoughts and wait for, wait for this other, these sports to come back this summer and then get after it. Well, I got to commend you on actually taking a break because, uh, like you said, I have found horse racing as a new passion, and I have not taken a bit of a break. But I will tell you the lowest point I have had, I have not – I have not been on any video game simulations, luckily. Mm. Uh, I have not been on Twitch. Uh, I have not been betting on any uh, Nicaraguan baseball like our uh, friend D.L. Gray. Um, But I will say I did bet on the virtual simulation of the Kentucky Derby. Which I think is a low point of Ooh, all time that's for me. Extremely low. I, had, I, I had citation eight to one. <laughs> I had citation eight to one. He opened five to one on the morning line and he moved to eight to one. And uh, he came in a close second, but nobody's going to outrun Secretariat, not in real life and not virtually. Let's just be honest. No, I mean, hey, hey, but the, th- the good news is we got live sports coming up. Uh, that takes me back to this. Uh, with the revamp podcast, we're going to talk about a lot more of other sports. And the other podcast, it was great. I think Strong Side of Ranch was good. Uh, it kind of kept us in the fantasy loop and kept us at NFL action, but we got so locked into that. We kind of kept us hindered from going outside and going even talking about sports we love, like, I mean, basketball, hockey, baseball, stuff like that. So with this, we're going to jump into everything. That being said, with the gambling side of things, the draft could not have come at a better time a few weeks ago. Oh, dude, I totally agree. I think that there was a lot of debate over whether the draft would, like, would work. And I don't know about you, but I was kind of sitting there thinking, until they made it this, like, you know, made-for-TV live rock concert thing, it literally was what it was this year. It was people sitting in a room calling in picks, players getting phone calls, I mean, for God's sake, Pat Sullivan won the Heisman from his living room. Yeah. You know, I mean, like, it, people used to get drafted and not even know that they were going to get a phone call. Mm-hmm. I thought it was great. I thought that it was cool to see all the kids in their houses. Uh, the C.D. Lamb phone grab is a top ten oh, moment yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, for me. Um, uh, Jerry Jones in his evil villain lair on his yacht, that was a top ten moment for me. Uh, I thought it was really cool. I thought it was a huge success, great timing, good, good on the NFL for getting that in. I, th- I think the NFL, they've done a great job with trying to give us a sense of nor- normalcy in this whole situation, especially – I mean, the draft was covered so heavily, and I think a stat came out um, the other day with, like, the top ten things that have been watched since I think this all began March 16th with the date. And I think the draft – the draft was one, and then last dance was, like, took up seven spots, and the scheduling thing was another one. And I thought that was mm-hmm. good last – the other – last evening – with the scheduling thing. And they took, I think it was four hours for a reveal show to do the scheduling. Like it's freaking, and they, they could have just done it and then talked about it for an hour and been done, but they drug it out like March Madness does with the bracket reveal, which is, which is fine. I mean, it takes us away from all this, this COVID-19 coverage, but I think the NFL has just done 
uh, a fairly good job of trying to let's say, hey, we're gonna we're gonna continue what we do, and we're the biggest show in town, being the town being the U.S. and or even the world, and we're gonna keep doing it. We're gonna give some people something good to feel about down the road because I mean, you can turn on any news network and it's doom and gloom, and you're like, man, this is this is sucks. But at least the NFL, it just seems like they're trying to get back to some normalcy. Yeah, and, you know, there's also – it's kind of the same point as the draft. I think there was a lot of talk and brouhaha about, oh, well, if the NFL announces that they're going to play football in early September, people think things are just going to be back to normal. Dude, it's just like, so what, man? They announced that they might play a game in September. I mean, we're talking about football. Like, if people really think that people are going to stop wearing masks mm-hmm. because the NFL announced that they might play a game in September, give me a break. I mean yeah. – I don't know. I think that I think it was good to to put it out there. I'll be honest with you. You know, money on the table. I don't think that they are going to play seventeen games. I don't. I don't know. I mean, I don't think college football is going to play a full season. I don't know if the NFL will. I hope I'm wrong. Uh, but I don't know. I, I do think it was cool the way they did it. I didn't get to catch any of that last night. But I do think it's cool the way they did it. Was there anything that stood out from you about the scheduling? I had one take from the NFL schedules. Uh, uh, but I, I don't know what you thought. I may go opposite with you, and I think NFL play full full season just because the and you can turn on any radio show and they talk about it. But the money in the NFL is so so large; it's that they can afford to not have fans in the stands, and they're those guys. They're in such great condition. Sure, Von Miller got it, but yeah, I think they they take such good care of themselves, and they have so many trainers on staff, and they have so many nutritional staff. They'll make sure that guys and guys are taken care of that are going to play. Um, so I think I think the NFL is going to play a full season. I also think college will end up getting back to some normal, especially maybe here in the South. But they're going to try and play a full season. Um, regarding the week, the biggest thing where they were jumping on week one matchups, and the biggest thing is you're going to have that Thursday night, which is supposed to be opening the first NFL game. Houston goes to Kansas City, so you got to have a rematch of that debacle for the Texans last year. Uh, so that should be interesting. And then, I mean, you kind of meander through the, the schedule. It, nothing really jumps out at you except for that first game. And then New Orleans plays Tampa. So you get to see so Tom Brady and Gronk take on the Saints. So I think that one's going to jump out at you. And then I think uh, that Sunday night, another late Sunday game, is scheduled to be Dallas at Los Angeles Rams. So, I mean, those are probably your big three takeaways from that weekend. We can talk about the opening lines here in a minute if you want to. I looked at it today while I was in the office because I really didn't want to go do anything. But um, I think those are the three that really jumped out at me. Uh, I'll tell you my take from the NFL schedule release and over, but my my time was on the first ever episode of Strong Sider Ranch that Patrick Mahomes would have been the MVP last year and that the Bears would be the number one defense. Uh, and I, I know one of those was correct. I don't know if the Bears was correct. They were close. Uh, but I will tell you, my take from the NFL schedule release is this. My take is that if there was ever a year that it is table-breaking season, it is this year. Because okay. the Buffalo Bills came out smelling like absolute roses. So, I guess the AFC uh, North got – excuse me, the AFC uh, 
Yeah, the AFC North, right? The you know AFC East, the AFC yeah. East, the uh, Bills and the Patriots division got paired up with the NFC West, which is a nightmare pairing for your mm. out of conference or out of uh, conference play. Here we go. The Bills, they host the Rams, they host the Chiefs, they host the Seahawks. They have to go to the 49ers, right? And then they have to go to the Raiders. But obviously then they get all their division games. The They have to go to the Chiefs, they have to go to the Seahawks, and they have to go to the Rams. Dude, that's got to be at least two L's, mm-hmm. whereas Buffalo gets all three of those teams at home. I mean, if there was ever a year that McDermott and Josh Allen, I thought the Bills had a great draft. I thought they filled in spots where they needed it. If there was that the Bills are going to win the division, it's got to be this year, right? Yeah, I think I think you're right. I mean, unless <laughs> the Jets, the Jets, uh, the Patriots, who, we don't even know with the Pats. And then you don't even know with the Dolphins what you're going to get. I mean, does two try out their first week of the season? But, I mean, sure, they did a lot. Dolphins did a lot of good things, but I still think the Dolphins are a year away. Oh, I agree with that. I mean, they made a lot of Uh And I do think moving forward in the next three or four years, I mean, I, I don't know. We'll find out about this Belichick without Brady thing. I think it's going to be a Bills and Dolphins division. I really do. I think it's going to be a cool way to see it more – the Jets will always be the Jets. Uh, they will blow hard until the end of time, I think. Um, but I think it's going to be the Dolphins and the Bills in the division for a while, kind of like the 90s with Marino and Kelly. I think it's going to be fun. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, so, but, hey, we can – we got all summer to talk about NFL scheduling and NFL stuff um, and NFL first week lines because that will be fun. Uh, now, talk moving on to college football. As you said earlier, you think the you think college will change it up a little bit, and I think a lot of this came out when Oregon said they're not going to have any um, any I forget the number they said, but big events until the until September ish or in mid September something like that. And I think week two, Ohio State is scheduled to go to Alton um, to play Oregon this year, which would be huge if something happens there where stuff doesn't get scheduled. Um, I think, and you you hear these all these college presidents coming out saying we'll have students here, we'll have students here, we'll have students here, which is great, but you just don't hear any of these, these um, Northwest and West, West Coast teams saying any of that stuff. All that's coming from the Midwest and the South. I mean, I, I like – as you, you and I are both college football fanatics. We love the sport. We love watching it. We love getting behind a team and put some money on them. Um, we hope it's a full season, uh, but – with all this news coming out, you just don't know. Anything with that, you think? I, I don't know, man. I, I, it's going to be hard uh, for college football to not – just not have a game. And the reason I say that is these athletic departments – and you make a really good point with the NFL. The NFL can afford to play games without fans in stands because of TV. And – Colleges obviously need fans in the stands. They make money off a of gate. College towns make money off of people coming into town and tailgating and keeping the businesses alive. I think that actually is going to have more – I think that's actually going to be a bigger driver of the economic impact is whether fans can come to town or not and stuff. But I'll be honest with you, dude, I have a hard time just seeing them not playing the games, even if there's nobody in the stands, because they they got to make money off these TV contracts. 
and the athletic department to need these football seasons to stay alive. I mean, yeah. like, how does softball play in the spring without football making money in the fall? And that's not mm-hmm. us being, you know, hashtag football guys. That is us telling facts, you know. I mean, like, departments are supported. A lot of them lose money. I mean, they're supported by the football team. So, I think that when you heard, like, two or three weeks ago, they're starting to be like politicians talking about college football. Mm-hmm. I think that just tells you, I mean, some, these are some of the biggest employers in, in every state they're in, and it's a huge revenue generator. I think it's going to happen. Obviously, it'd be a huge shame if Ohio State and Oregon couldn't play. Uh, I think that I don't know what that line would be early. I would imagine it'd be somewhere around Ohio State six and a half, and I'd probably have to take Ohio State even on the road. Ooh, uh, with dude. a Herbert less Oregon team, even though I'm a huge and a, J- uh, and a JK a Dobbins and no JK Crystal Dobbins. Ball guy, but I gotta tell you, I don't know, man. I got way more faith in Ryan Day than I do in uh, in Cristobal, uh, unfortunately. Even though I love Cristobal, and I mean the guy's he's 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 in the Mike Vrabel uh, Buff Coach Club, you know. But I mean, I don't know. I, I think that. I think that they got to play these games, and and I don't know how they're going to figure it out, but I think they will. And I think all this is going to start shaking itself out in the next three or four weeks anyway. Mm-hmm. And, and moving on to that, you, is there a a professional league, whether it be NBA, NHL? Uh, we know Bundesliga is coming back in a few weeks, and golf's going to start having their tournaments. NASCAR will start having it without fans. Um, you think any of those other leagues are going to jump on and just say, "Let's start rolling this summer"? Hopefully. Mid Juneish, Julyish, any any leagues that you're super hopeful for uh, start sooner rather than later. Uh, so, you know, so what we know right now is PGA's got a schedule uh, slated to start what in late May, early June, I think. Yeah. Um, NASCAR is actually going to come back. NASCAR has events planned at Darlington and Charlotte because they're all within driving distance of the shops, you know, around Charlotte and Kannapolis. Um, and so they're going to have races at Darlington and Charlotte before they start traveling. And I've heard the NBA teams were going to open their facilities either today or this weekend. I don't know how much truth there is to that, but I heard that uh, through the Twitter, Twitter sphere. And then the other thing I think that's going to be really interesting is baseball, because I've heard that baseball is planning to, at the beginning of June – or mid-May, new spring training, and it's going to last two weeks, and then they're going to be playing games in June. So what I think is going to happen is I think that every sport is going to play off of each other a little bit. Mm-hmm. And I think that, you know, when NASCAR comes back, they're going to have certain policies about testing drivers and quarantining people who have been to the track and testing everyone who comes in and out. UFC is doing the same thing this weekend, right? Yeah. Like all the fighters have to stay at the hotel. They can't go to the mm-hmm. gym. Uh, they can't leave the hotel once they get tested. They're getting temperature checks. Basketball, hockey, baseball, NASCAR, and golf are back full swing with or without fans mid-June. Mm-hmm. Uh, my prediction is that probably – Basketball has some abbreviated playoffs. NHL has some abbreviated playoffs. And, uh, you know, golf and NASCAR just kind of keep doing their thing. But I think everybody's just going to have to take cues from everybody else. You yeah. Know? 
Mm-hmm. I agree. I, I think it's just more of a wait and see. And I think they're going to start next weekend when they – you're going to see uh, – it's cool how we, we've been following Dortmund for so long and they're the – they're going to be the first league to jump back in it next weekend. It was supposed to be scheduled for this weekend, but um, I think I think three players came out that they had COVID nineteen. But who knows? So I think they're just going to start. Uh, these other leagues are going to look and see how things go. That and hopefully, I mean, you see these leagues go in it, and then college football makes its triumphant return uh, when Notre Dame takes on. Who do they play in Dublin? No, uh, yeah, they're playing in our Notre Dame's playing somebody in Ireland, so maybe it's Navy. Yeah, that ain't happening. I can already tell you that there ain't no, there ain't no way. I think the NFL's already canceled their international games. They have already canceled. Um, so. there's no way anybody's going to Europe to play football or or. Oh, okay. Well, I will tell you this, and and let me just hit on this real quick. Docking the law. If we are only one thing. We're diverse, baby, because not only can we talk college football, not only can we talk NHL, we are a Dortmund podcast. We are a Preds podcast, all right? <laughs> Let me just get that on the record. And uh, and, and we, we got the bases covered. I'm excited. No, and, and before we before we move on to, to our, our segment, Grill, Grill or Chill, we're jumping on Preds, if the, if the NHL starts back, Look to see. I this may be wishful thinking because I'm a huge Preds fan and we're Preds homers. But they started out this season so good. I think they start out the season eleven and two, eleven and three ish. If they start this thing back and they play an abbreviated few weeks, uh, we make a make a run of this thing, and I may see it the parade, COVID or no COVID, on Broadway in Nashville. Dude, I, I just. Doesn't it feel like every year that the Preds make a run, they just have the years when we have, like, the teams that win the President's Cup and the teams that have the best record in the West, like, they flop in the playoffs. It's always those teams that are just like the old-school Tony Allen Grizz, heart grit grind, you know. Like, it's those teams. It's the team that beat the Red Wings, you know, in 2014 in the playoffs. It's those teams that have that grit that I really think, get through the playoffs i mean that's why everybody loves playoffs i mean a freaking eight seed can win the cup that's, um so i agree i think if we can get in the playoffs it's a team that is built to make a nice run it is nice and i think that they added some nice pieces towards them at the trade deadline they, they got their third d pair made me want to vomit every time i watch i know you, i've watched a little bit more than you have their third d pair made me want to vomit every time i watched them but they got so they bring in tenori and they bring in hoser and those two, they're just big bodies, and they get in the way, and they're physical, and they don't put up with any crap. And so between them, and I told, I text you right before they uh, pause the season, but I told you it's UC's net, and Renit it, Pekka's going to take it back from him. And I still think it's UC's net unless Pekka has done something during this this few months off. Uh, so I, I think we'll just see what happens. But that being said, I'm just, I'm just stoked. Maybe we'll get some announcements soon. I, I heard something. somebody say something like they're going to put all the same hockey teams in like two towns and just start games in the morning and just play at like 10 and 1 and 4 and 6 and 9 and just go. And I'm like, man, you want to oh talk about – Oh, my God, it. like the Olympics? <laughs> yeah, like the Olympics or like March Madness. They're just playing <laughs> hockey all day. <laughs> hey, if if that happens, uh, if any of my patients are listening, uh, Dr. Smith will not be in the office those days. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be a good time, man. 
Good time, man. All right, moving on. The fans loved Dip It or Ship It. Well, we got a new one for them, Corey. Tom, we could not be more excited to announce our new partnership. We loved Hidden Valley Ranch. We still love Hidden Valley Ranch, friend of the podcast, sponsor of the podcast, but we could not be more stoked to welcome on our new sponsor, and it is one we know and love, Tom. It's Dairy Queen. Dairy Queen, since 1940, has been bringing you the burgers, the chicken fingers, and everybody knows about the shakes, the dip cones, and the blizzards that we all love. Tom, they're doing it on the grill. They're doing it with the ice cream. It's hot. It's cold. It's the neighborhood treat. Everybody loves it. Dairy Queen, since 1940, bringing you the treats uh, that you need. We are excited to welcome a new segment on the show, sponsored by Dairy Queen, Grill It or Chill It. And Tom, just like that, just remember, if they don't turn that blizzard upside down, baby, what is it? It's free, baby. It's free. <laughs> so here, Tom, uh, like <laughs> we, we talked about NFL schedules, okay? And so you know that uh, forever I'm punishing myself uh, by being an Atlanta Falcons fan. I don't know if you had a chance to look at the schedule or not, but grill it or chill it, the Falcons go over 500 this year. Oh, man. I, I haven't had a chance to look at it, but if you, I, I'm just going to take their division off the top of my head. You'd like to think the Saints and the Bucks are the front runners, and I'll get to a Bucks take here in a second uh, before we di- deep dive in and grill and chill. Um, but I mean, you take that division, and if they, they, I think they could get the Bucks once, and I think they could get, they could beat, they could sweep the Panthers. But um, I, I know you hate to hear it, but I, I'm going to chill. They're going to go over 500. I just don't – unless we see something from that offense this year, I, I just don't see it See it from the Falcons this season. Yeah, so let's just, let's just do this real quick. Home versus the Hawks, loss. At Dallas, loss. Versus Chicago, win. At Green Bay, loss. They're one and three. Carolina at home, win. They're two and three. At the Vikings, lose. They're two and four. Lions at home, let's just say they win. They're three and four. Carolina on the road, they're four and four. Denver on the road, we're probably losing that. Four and five. At the Saints, loss. Saints at home, loss. Raiders at home, loss. At the Chargers, loss. Bucks at home, loss. At the Chiefs, loss. At the Bucks, loss. There's not a shot in the hill. They're going eight and eight this year. It's a six and ten football team until the day I die. There's no way. I, I mean, my God, I'm a Falcons fan. And I'm chilling it. It seems my brother like, has given up on the Falcons. He's a Saints fan now. I'm sure he's chilling it, but even I'm chilling it. I'm. It seems like that that last half of the season, like the loss, 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 is just a common thing with Falcons fans. There was. The I one mean, year- can you believe that after our bye week, week ten, we literally go at we literally go to New Orleans. We host the Raiders. That's kind of a break. And then we'll listen to this stretch: Saints at home, at the Chargers, Bucks at home, at the Chiefs, at the Bucks. How are we supposed to win any of those games? If the Bucs are who people think they are, we may not win a game until 2030. Here's my take real quick on the Bucs. Are the Bucs – well, here's my question, not really a take, because I thought about this earlier. Are the Bucs kind of like the Browns of last season? And I say that because, because you have – and they mentioned this last night on the scheduling show – is 
the Bucks got five primetime, five or six primetime games during the season. But and so did the Browns last year because the Browns got OBJ and Baker Mayfield was coming along and they had that great game two years ago where they beat the crap out of the Ravens. And so they get the, they promote the OC Freddie Kitchens, and so everybody's on Browns, 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 and the Browns flopped. Now, of course, Tom Brady is different than Baker Mayfield and Gronkowski, and they've got a few more weapons, I think, yes. But if you look at the Bucks' defense, they didn't do a whole lot to it, and it's not that good. Are the are, are is the buck is it potential that the Bucks? I wouldn't say flop, but the Bucks aren't going to go undefeated, dude. I'm grilling that like a flamethrower double grill burger, which you can only find at Dairy Queen. No, seriously, I I, I got the ex- – it's funny you say that. I got the exact same vibe because the other day on the Will Kane show, which, you know, shout out Will Kane. But the other day on the Will Kane show, he's asking people to call in and predict the Super Bowl. I mean, like, what a ridiculous conversation to be having in May during a quarantine, for God's sakes. But, like, everybody's calling in, Bucks and Browns, Bucks and Browns. And I'm like – how funny that the Bucks. I mean, my exact thought was the Bucks are last year's Browns. Like, it's all hype. And I, I just can't think of a time, and maybe I'm just cynical because we're all back to being cynical sports fans again during quarantine, but maybe I, I can't think of a team that has carried that much hype into the year that has lived up to it since maybe the, like, Gronk, Hernandez, RIP, Brady, Patriots, you know? Mm. I mean – Every year, there is a team that gets hyped like that. I mean, wasn't it Derek Carr and the Raiders a couple years ago? Yeah, like, it was. They always get hyped like that, and they they always go like you know eight and eight, nine and seven, and they maybe they make the wild card. They use wild card. They usually lose. I think it's the Saints' division to lose. I mean, are the Bucks going to score a lot of points? Yeah. Are they going to be good? Yeah. I don't know. I mean, you know, there's an extra wild card team this year. So, you know, I, I really think the NFC West will get three teams in because I think the Cardinals are going to be legit this year. Yeah. But um, I don't know. I, 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 I'm with you. I'm grilling it. I think that they are the overhyped team of 2020. Mm-hmm. All right. Moving on then. Staying with the NFL. Here is my prediction going in line with the uh, Mahomes MVP Bears number one fantasy defense prediction of last year, the Arizona Cardinals are going to win a playoff game this year. You grilling that or chilling that? I'll grill that. I think they're sneaky good, and I think if you look at that division, I think that, like you said earlier, that division is rough. It's going to be a dogfight anytime they play anybody, but I could could see that division being like the ones you see with – they get get three in the playoffs. I could see the Cardinals getting in, and I think Kingsbury had them kind of feeling it towards the end of the season. But now they've got Hopkins out there. I, I I'll grill that they get in the playoffs and win a playoff game. I lost you here, Tom. Are you still on there? Yeah, I'm He's good. Completely frozen. What it out? Um, I, I'm. Did you hear any of that grilling part? Yeah, you did. Okay. No, I heard I'm grilling it, and then it cut, and then like the video's still frozen. Okay. Oh, then, now you're working. Okay. Yeah. Um, I'm grilling it, man. I think that that division, uh, I, that division top to bottom is tough, but I think Kingsbury had them rolling in the right direction towards the end of the year, and I think he'll carry that over. And then you add in Hopkins as another weapon on that offense. I'll grill they get in the playoffs and also would win a playoff game. 
Dude, I agree. And I think that – I obviously agree because I made the prediction yeah, and I'm going to stand by it. And I hope somebody reminds me when they go 4-12. and 12. But, I mean, dude, I think Isaiah Simmons was one of the best draft picks of the entire draft this year. I think getting him at 8, the guy's an absolute freak. I mean, he is built like Cam Chancellor – Maybe bigger. He played corner in college. I don't know how that's even possible. I thought the offensive lineman they got out of Houston was solid. I thought the the running back they got out of Arizona State in the seventh round was a steal. I'm a Pac-12 after dark junkie, and that guy has pushed many overs uh, for Arizona State. I mean, I thought they shored up the defense. I think that they added weapons on offense. I mean, I'm I'm kind of a Cliff Kingsbury, you know, Kool Aid drinker a little bit maybe. Um, but I, I think they're going to make the playoffs, and I think they're going to win a playoff game. Nice. Now, I'll give you one. We're going to jump away from NFL because the past, past three, I think, have been from NFL. Uh, Griller Chill, the, the golf match featuring Tiger Woods, Phil Mickelson, Tom Brady, and Peyton Manning will be the most watched event during the month of May. Excuse me. Yes, during the month of May. I am going to – I'm going to grill it. The reason – only thing – the only other thing I was thinking about was if the NBA comes back in May, but I don't think they'll play games in May. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I think that um, if the NBA plays, I think it'll be in June. And, yeah, I think this golf match is going to be huge. With that said, I don't know how many of these exhibition golf matches you've watched. The match with Tiger and Phil, like I watched it and I live bet it and I picked up a couple shekels because Tiger made a sick birdie on 16, the par three or something. But like, you know, I think that it's going to be fun to watch, but these things never live up to the hype. You know, I mean, um, even the old like, you know, even the old school ones, the showdown at Sherwood with Sergio and, you know, the ones that he used to do in prime time, they do under the lights, like I mean, these exhibition golf matches, they're fun and stuff, but, like, it, it's not prime-time sport watching, you know? I mean, because they ultimately they don't really care. They're just out there playing golf, having fun. I think the trash talk will be fun. Some of the video I saw of Peyton trash talking Tom Brady already was fun. But, um, no, I think it'll be good. I think a ton of people are going to watch it. It's great that it's on Turner and not behind the pay-per-view paywall. Um, you know, it's cool they're doing that. And, and it's great to – I mean, they're raising money. It's for a good cause, but – no, I'm, I'm grilling it. I think it's going to be uh, highly watched. I think it's going to be in the 30 – I don't know, how. what's a lot of people for a sporting event? Five, <laughs> six million people maybe. Yeah. I don't know, 30, 60, 100. <laughs> how yeah. many people watch sports? I don't know, everybody. Everybody. <laughs> everybody. Everybody's, I, told, I told wife this. It's, it's more the fact that it's same with same with concept of the last dance is you put something on TV, and we mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, you put something on TV – where it takes away from the COVID and it takes away from all this crap. It's like people's – and that's what sports have always been. It's like there are – it's our release from this crazy world we're living in right now. And so I think that um, you put that on TV and people are going to pay attention. And so uh, you that's why, like I said, the last dance has been crazy. And I've got her watching it. You've got people watching all over, all over the world just because they're like, look, I can watch this two hours of – Talk about the Bulls, Chicago Bulls basketball team, and I'll have to listen about the coronavirus, any of that crap. Great point. I will throw this out there, and this is going to be this is this might be the hottest take of of docking the law to this point. 
I think people, and I'm going to say this quietly into the microphone because I don't want people to hear me say this. I think people are getting a last dance fatigue. Oh, I really do. I think people are getting a little tired of it. And I think that episode seven is going to, I think there's going to be a little rating. I think there's going to be a little ratings dip. ESPN. Oh. I don't know. I mean, so, you know, for, for the people uh, listening, whether it's five or 5,000, I don't know how many people are going to listen to this, but you know, my take on Jordan has always been, I idolize the guy. I mean, I literally still to this day, do daily tasks with my tongue hanging out of my mouth because I taught myself to shoot a basketball with my tongue out because that's what Mike did. You know, I had a poster of the guy next to Tiger Woods sitting over my bed. And then when I saw his Hall of Fame speech, I immediately thought he was one of the worst humans walking the face of the earth because I've never heard a more ungrateful display of being a dickhead <laughs> who is ungrateful. I mean, it's the anti-Emmett Smith Hall of Fame speech, right, where he cried and thanked Moose Johnson. Yeah. I mean, Michael Jordan was, like, spitting on his junior high basketball coach and stuff, you know, and rubbing it in everybody's face. Um, and it's interesting because I think Mike, through this, has been humanized a little bit. And I think people – I don't know. It, it would be a really interesting poll of – what did you think about Mike before the last dance? And what do people think about Mike after the last dance? And did it change anything? Do people like him more? He said people would like him less, which makes me think there's something coming in the last four episodes that's going to be not great because everything to this point has been pretty good besides the Isaiah thing. Um, but, yeah, I think it's been fun. I think it, it's been something to fill the void. And um, But like I said, maybe a little bit of fatigue. In episode seven, we'll see. We'll the, see. The, fatigue will, the fatigue will definitely go down but once he joins the Birmingham Barons to the moon, skyrocketing. Because <laughs> no, once, once they say me and Tom, fat kids up in the stands <laughs> trying to get a ball. <laughs> nothing, nothing screams ratings juggernaut like Birmingham Barons baseball. <laughs> <laughs> nothing, nothing brings out the fans like the Hoover Met a.k.a. the deadest place on the planet Earth. It is Nowhere was hotter than the Hoover Met on a July Thursday night. You got that right. You got that right. Um, you got any more Griller Chills? We're just going to enjoy our Dairy Queen and move on. That's all I got, dude. My blizzard's upside down, and I'm, I'm, I'm loving it. That's all I've got. Hey, you, you got any pics for the people? Tom, uh, the other new segment, thank you for allowing me to do this, and we'll see how this goes. Uh, but as we mentioned at the uh, top of the podcast, I have found a new passion, and, I, you know, my wife would tell you I have enough, but what, what's, you know, <laughs> what's, what's life without one more? <laughs> and I am absolutely, I'm absolutely diving headfirst into the empty pool for horse racing. I am full on took the bait. I'm I'm reading articles. I'm watching TVG. Um, I'm on I'm on the. I now have gambling Twitter with my horse racing Twitter. I mean I'm absolutely just full on into it. And I will tell you what I have learned a lot. I still think I got a long way to go. But what I'm going to do is, at the end of every doc in the law, I'm going to try to give what is probably going to be one of the worst 60-second horse <laughs> racing recap handicaps in the United States of America. Um, but we're going to go for it. And uh, But here's what we're going to do. Gonna be, uh, 
we're going to do this, though. For the people, while you give your picks, I'm going to put play a little Cliff Nobles in the background. So, you know what? Worst case, they get to hear Cliff Nobles, the horse, while you give your picks. <laughs> I love it. Production quality is going to be off the charts. Quality of the <laughs> handicapping may be a little less. All right. So, ladies and gentlemen, let's get right into it. In case you weren't is, or every time we record this podcast, I'm going to try to feature one race from the weekend. And I'm going to try to make the people a little money, okay? So what we're going to do is we're going to go to Gulfstream Park, Tampa, Florida. We're going to feature race number nine on Saturday, the Sunshine Forever. Uh, it is a one mile for four-year-olds. War of Will, who won the Preakness last year, he's coming back. He's making his four-year-old debut. He's been training really well, is all the word out of Tampa. Uh I don't think he's going to win the race, though. I think that there is a son of Street Boss. His name is Social Paranoia. He is bred for the dirt. He loves the mile distance. He's going to stretch out to a mile and a sixteenth. He's a Todd Fletcher horse. I think Social Paranoia is going to win. Underneath, I'm going to take War of Will in the Exacta. And then if you want to box it up or put him in a try box, the price horse I like is the number 11 admission office. He's been running up a little bit longer. He's going to dial back to a mile and sixteenth. He's a Brian Lynch horse. Rosario is going to be on him. Uh, so I'm taking 9, 12, 11 in the ninth race at Gulfstream on Saturday, Tom. And that's. Yeah, that was more like a thousand seconds. Um, but <laughs> I, I, figure, I figured with the amount of, amount of talk I've heard about the horse racing, get horse race gambling you've been doing, that you would have some pent up energy. Uh, you had to let the people know that you were now. Uh, a horse racing capper um, and that it's a hobby of yours and you enjoy it from time to time. So I'm glad that people now know that we, like you said before, we're an extremely diverse podcast and now they, now they really know. I mean, look, here's the deal, Tom, you, you, you come, you get a little dock in the law on a Friday, you turn up on Saturday you fire up TVG, you send it in, you fire up ESPN, you send it in. We're going to be giving out hockey picks. We're going to be giving out baseball picks. We're going to be giving out soccer picks. I mean, I'm going to be giving out exacta boxes until your ears are bleeding. I mean, we're going to be making the people probably not a lot of money. But we're going to be giving out a shitload of picks, and it's going to be awesome. <laughs> and, and I'm going to set, have our Twitter account set up, and I'll post it. And just let the people, the five followers we have or the two followers we have, it's, it's going to grow. Because, like I said in the intro, Doc and the Law is a very, very catchy, catchy title. Because they're like, wait, what are these guys talking about? And you, you're going to jump in and say, wait, they're just two clowns talking about sports. But, hey, maybe you'll stick around for our stupidity. And maybe you'll – maybe about week four you realize, hey, they're not that dumb. And they kind of, we, we hit a hot streak, uh, we, just the followers through the roof. Hey, because there's two things people love, all right? People love watching sports, and people love watching other people suffer. Yes. And love. let me tell you something. If you if you want to watch and listen to some people suffer, just jump on this podcast after we just got finished betting a full weekend of football and horses, it's, and you'll hear all about all, it. All sorts of suffering. Um, but no, we're good. we'll get a Twitter handle. Hey, set we're up. a podcast for the people. We are that. We'll get a Twitter handle set up and give the picks out. Every time Corey has a horse racing pick, we'll let it rip on there. Um, we'll definitely do football picks too. And you know what? Maybe we'll make some money and maybe we'll um, make, make enough money to enjoy Dairy Queen. 
Um, that being said, you got anything else to add? Uh, I think that's all I got, Tom. I will say um, I do have a, a quick pick I want to drop for this weekend. Uh, I want to say that in the Tony Ferguson fight, I'm actually going to take Tony Ferguson knockout in the third round. Hey. I don't know what the odds are on that. I think it's probably like plus 12 or 1,500 or something. Uh, I'm going to take Tony Ferguson by KO or TKO in the third round. That's probably going to be my, my biggest bet of the weekend. Go go get go to your car, look between the seats, find four quarters, and let it rip. It's going to be more than four quarters, but we're yeah, definitely well, going to let it it's, rip. It's, it's, it, sound, it sounded good <laughs> when I said it in my head, so whatever. No, it's been a lot of fun, Tom. I feel like the one thing that Doc and the Law needs is uh, some kind of catchphrase. We need something. You know, the Chris Cuomo douchebag on CNN, he says, get after it. You know, Hannity, it's, a, you know, Fox News, it's fair and balanced. You know, Hannity's presenting facts without fear. We need some kind of catchphrase for the people for docking the law. We can't do facts without fear. That makes you got wanna, thoughts? Facts without fear makes me want to vomit every time I hear it because that's stupid news. Our local news channel here in Birmingham has facts, not fear, coronavirus, and I just want to throw some in my television every time I hear it. You must help me. Well, the truth is we're not presenting facts without fear because a lot of what we say is probably not facts and you should be scared of our picks because you might lose a lot of money. <laughs> so we're actually presenting fear without facts. <laughs> is that the slogan, fear without facts? An anti-coronavirus podcast? I have wandered through this world and as each moment has unfurled Oh,